If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, best-selling author, Daniel Wilcox. Test. Hello and welcome to the Great Writer Share podcast with me, Daniel Wilcox, where every week I rifle through the phone book of incredible writers, randomly select a page and invite whichever writer my finger is pointing at to come on the show and share everything they know about the business of writing so you can take home real world strategies and tips to boost your writing career. Today's date is the 1st of October, which for me is an exciting time because that signals the start of autumn, not technically, but technically in my mind, um, and the wonder that is Halloween. Um, this month is a very, very exciting one for, for myself and for most horror and dark fiction writers out there because it seems to be the one month of the year where everyone puts aside any of their reservations and reads some of the creepiest stuff that people put out on the market. And it's it's awesome. I think the... the obviously, I'm going to say this because this is where my writing exists, but horror is where the heart is for me. And uh, I've got lots of stuff going on this month. So I have arranged a giveaway with a group of fantastic indie fiction horror junkies who have um, put together a load of books and we've got a sales page for that so if anyone listening is interested in getting some spooky reads then head on over to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash halloween so that's hawkandcleaver.com forward slash halloween and we've got over two dozen books there that are literally just some of the finest independent horror books that are out on the market so check those out that's a lot of fun um, and also announced today, um, obviously by the time this podcast goes live, it'll be Friday, I'm currently speaking on Tuesday the 1st of October, um, is we at Horgan Cleaver for the Other Stories podcast, which for anyone that doesn't know, the Other Stories is um, my separate podcast, which I run with the guys at Hawk and Cleaver, and it's a 20-minute fiction horror podcast that goes out every Monday and has amassed thousands and thousands of views a week. It's fantastic. Um, but we have announced our Halloween special, so running from I believe it's the 27th of October to the 1st of October every day me Ben Errington Andy Conduit Turner and Joshua Crinan um, who was a previous guest on this show have written a five-part horror serial which is called The Nest and we're very very excited to get that to people it's unlike anything we've done before it's a longer format than a lot of the rest of the episodes it's uh it's yeah running over five episodes which is something that we at Hall and Cleaver haven't done so very very excited to get that out there to the audience and see how that goes um if anyone's interested in finding out more about that just go over to the Hall and Cleaver website and click on podcasts and then you can check out the other stories and everything that's going on there or just check our YouTube channel which is just type in Hawk and Cleaver and you'll find us um 
and we've got a trailer on there, a very old school 80s inspired VHS trailer, which Ben has put together, which is fantastic. So lots going on and I'm very excited. Um, and I've also got my brand new novella up for pre-order as well. So I'm not going to use this entire section to promote everything I'm doing. But um, for anyone that is interested in the horror read, you can uh, you can go over to Amazon, search my name or look for The Mark of the Damned. Um, which is also incidentally on the Halloween giveaway page. Um, and yeah, I've got my first, so that's my first solo novella in about three or four years. So I'm very, very excited to get that one out um, up on the market and, and, and see how that does. It's it's one of my favourite stories that I've written in a long time. So um, that's it for anyone who wants to give that a go. But enough about me. This show isn't entirely about me. It's with me, but it's not about me. Today I am talking to Catherine Hudson, who is a dark fiction author, an award-nominated dark fiction author. Um, and this interview itself was incredibly interesting for me. And uh, it was the first time I've ever spoken to Catherine, found out that we are of similar age. We've got a lot of parallels on the paths we're going. Obviously, we're across the ocean, so very, very different lives. Um, but she gives loads and loads of useful advice on um, lots of things to do with editing, to do with engaging with your readers, to do with... Um, writing in general and how you sort of learn the craft and her journey from a, a 10 year old film critic all the way up to where she is now um, and sort of doing very very well from living off story um, so that's one of the things we cover she also goes into overcoming your fears so she does a lot of youtube and video engagement and she talks a bit about how she overcame that barrier from being an introvert and being terrified of video into using that as one of uh, her main methods of promotion so definitely worth checking out i i know i took a lot of uh, a lot of lessons from that um so that's coming up but before we get into that i want to give a big shout out to our brand new patron jerry evanoff thank you jerry for joining us at uh, the patreon.com forward slash great writers share um jerry's taking advantage of all the cool stuff we got on offer there he's uh, joining us over in the slack group getting involved in everything else and um it's very very coincidental and it, it, it it's always nice when things work out this way for, for people. Um, I have just picked and randomly selected a number from a hat for this month's monthly giveaway, which is Monica Leonel's Write Better Faster book. And Jerry, welcome to the Patreon page. You are a winner of this brand new book. So you came in just at the right time there. Um, I'll get in contact with you and I'll make sure that book gets shipped out to you so that you can start enjoying everything Monica has to say and getting writing better faster so congratulations Jerry and welcome to the patron for anyone who's interested in joining us at patreon then just head on over to patreon.com forward slash great writers share and you can find out everything that's going on over on that page um, and the link for that will also be in the show notes so just scroll on down on your podcast feed and check that out but now without further ado I'm going to jump into this incredibly interesting this wonderfully fun and this slightly nerdy interview with the wonderful Catherine Hudson Catherine Hudson is an author of dark fantasy and sci-fi fiction, runs her own editing business, KLH, KLH CreateWorks, and is the fiction editor for the Mud Season Review, an international literary journal run by members of the Burlington Writers' Workshop. Catherine's book, Sleepwater Beat, was a sci-fi finalist in the 2019 International Book Awards, and her new book, The Summoner Thief, will be available on October 8th of this year. Catherine, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Dan, for having me. No worries. I'm very excited to uh, have you on. I mean... It, 
I wasn't that familiar with your work until we sort of started chatting in one of um, our Slack groups. And the more I've dug into you, the more interesting you've become. So I thought rather than me jumping straight into my questions, if you could just give a very, very quick um, overview of your journey from when you first started writing up until where you are now, and then we can kind of dig into some of the the bits there and, and take it from there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, lo- I love that you say you got more and more interested, the more you dug up about me. Oh, definitely. That's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's see, I started writing when I was 10. Uh, it was just kind of a random, um, woke up one day uh, after having reoccurring nightmares about my favorite movie at the time and the fact that I couldn't change the ending to it. So I had this epiphany one day, actually it was on my 10th birthday, um, when I realized that I could just try to rewrite the ending myself and that maybe writing something would give me (laughs) some kind of uh, closure from this recurring nightmare. Um, I did not actually write the ending to my favorite movie, but I started writing um, and found just an instant love for being able to create my own worlds and characters and make them do whatever I wanted. so that was always that was always um the the goal for me I think from that point on after you know 10 year old little girl starting to write stuff um I actually went to uh, the University of Colorado at Boulder for a bachelor's in creative writing fiction um and everyone thought I was crazy everyone asked me what the heck are you gonna do with a degree in writing fiction and I wasn't too worried about that, about what I was going to be doing. Um, but I wanted to go to school for something that uh, was really pretty much my only seriously driving passion and had been for what, eight years at that point, going off to college. Um, and then, let's see, I wrote my first two books, actually, when I was in high school. And they have since gone through extensive <laughs> <laughs> revisions before I published them. Um, I sat on those for about nine years. And, um, you know, there was a period of time in there where I didn't write anything else and I didn't write any fiction at all, actually. Um, but after, you know, becoming an adult, learning how to navigate that chaotic sea of all things adulting, um, I started writing again, published my first book, Daughter of the Draken, uh, which is dark fantasy the Jungle Book meets Kill Bill with Dragons. Um, published nice. that in 2015. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, any chance I get to put in that tagline, I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I published that first book in 2015. Um, published the sequel in 2016. And that's just a um, two books, a duology and Kino's Children. And right after I published book two, uh, the first book, Daughter of the Dragon, became... Um, an Amazon dark fantasy bestseller, which was very, very cool. Um, and uh, didn't write at all in 2017 because I had a kid and moved across the country. That's <laughs> um, excuses, then, go. That's pretty. That's pretty reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. It's, I, I have a little bit of a of a break there, I guess. But um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Then I got back got back into writing a lot um, last year in 2018. I put out four books. Um, and made a commitment to myself that this is what I wanted to do Uh, and I wanted to write fiction full-time and I wanted to um, put out more stories and and all the things that have been percolating in my head over a lifetime Um, and uh, my latest book Sleepwater Beat which you mentioned in the opening 
um, became an international bestseller in April, just this past April. So um, that was great to see it as a, final, a finalist in the um, International Book Awards, too. <laughs> and Congratulations. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, that wasn't really a, a brief rundown, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I went through the whole thing. But just this last year, 2019 has been um, incredible for me in terms of you know, growing as a person, growing as an author and a writer and a businesswoman and um, uh, can only go up from here still, even still, it can only go up. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's so many, so many directions I want to take this because quite a few different things you mentioned there I've, just, I've picked up on. I'm like, okay, right, let's dig into that. But the first <laughs> thing I know that I'll kill myself if I don't ask this is what was the film? Well, oh, <laughs> it was Fern Gully. <laughs> it was what, sorry? Fern Gully? Have you, have Fern, you heard of I haven't heard of that. Oh, it is a cartoon. Um, <laughs> I, I can't even I can't even remember who made it. I don't think it's Disney, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, it's about fairies and the rainforest being cut down and uh, a guy gets shrunk to the size of a fairy and uh, learns about the rainforest and trying to save it. And uh, it's actually, I think. Uh, a lot of people who are on my, I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but maybe it does. Uh, maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to say I'm, I'm 28. Oh, hey, we're right there with you. I'm 29. So yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you're the first person to have said that you don't know that movie. So maybe good. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a UK thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Could be. Potentially. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, there was a film called uh, Thumbelina. That was all oh, about fairies yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that, more with a modern, modern, you know, bulldozers and, and things cutting down rainforest trees. So, gotcha. Yeah. And you, you said with quite quite a bit of confidence that you you didn't like the ending there. So at, at ten years old, what was it that what was it particular about the end of that story? And for people listening, there may be spoilers. But <laughs> right. we'll, we'll move past that. But <laughs> obviously, to have that kind of compass and thought. I mean, when I was ten years old, I knew that I enjoyed writing it wasn't something that I'd foreseen myself doing but I don't think I ever could have sat there when I was reading I don't know of mice and men or or whatever and just gone hmm, actually you know this this doesn't quite work for me what was it about that that film um I think it was the fact that the the main character who's a human uh and I can't remember any of these people's name or any really any details <laughs> about the movie um but he he got a like blown up again to his normal size and just like went on with his human life and left the fairies and the forest and like went back to do his thing and I was like wait what how how could he go back to normal <laughs> life after having been exposed to all of this awesomeness and I was really upset about it because I mean that says a lot about me if I was shrunken down to the size of the fairy and had the chance to live in a different world you'd stay there forever yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's really interesting to go. Like I say, being being a ten year old and and feeling that dissatisfaction with the ending of something because a lot of people around that age they'll just accept what what is is, is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then you you went from that and then so you got to sort of eighteen and you started going off to uh, college and you took was it, did you say creative writing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fiction. Yep. T- yeah, talk us a little bit through that kind of um, how how you managed to handle that because I I was in a similar position where when I was 16, it was college here is obviously, I think, is it high school for you guys? Uh, Around 16. 
before yeah yeah it's still high school yeah 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 so yeah it's um slightly different over here but i was in a similar position where i wanted to choose uh, a couple of creative subjects and i had that sort of backwards forward with my parents like yeah but you have to have something you know realistic um <laughs> something that's actually going to like be there like even if it's just a, a backup um so how did you navigate going straight into the okay this is the the degree i'm gonna gonna take and obviously it's paid off in the future but what was that sort of initial um thought process for you like right yeah well i um i definitely am uh, and i i was a lot more so back then um a person who likes to plan for the future and make sure like, well, okay, well, if this is, if this is what I really want to do, I better make sure that it's worth it. And I follow through with it and I get to where I'm going to be. <laughs> Life happens. Uh, but the plan, <laughs> the plan was to, um, to go through the, um, the undergraduate creative writing program and graduate bachelor's degree. And then from there, move on um and continue because uh cu boulder has a an undergraduate creative writing program that feeds into the master's program for creative writing that feeds into the doctorate program for creative writing so my plan was to spend eight years or yeah six seven eight years um at that school going all the way up to um the doctorate program, getting my PhD, and literally all of the all of the work and you know dissertations, coursework, everything for that program was all writing fiction. So, like how that sounds like a that? dream. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yes. So um, having that in my in my back pocket was what helped me to make that decision. Um, and you know. Uh, getting a master's degree going through the master's program i could have uh, worked at the university teaching as an instructor undergraduate creative writing classes and it you know would have fed into itself i would have had a job and it would have helped pay for school and i could have continued to write while also earning a degree and which is this self-perpetuating really phenomenal opportunity um i screwed that up <laughs> <laughs> Um, it didn't actually end up uh, going that route at all. So, um, but, you know, I thought at the time that what I really wanted to do was you know, to keep writing, obviously, and to end up teaching eventually, teaching um, other writers um, how to improve their craft. And as it just so happens, I um, was able to open up my editing business in late 2014 and um, I had a short stint as an editing director for um, an independent publishing company and I, I trained other editors um, and through my editing work I've been able to in fact teach other writers how to improve their craft. <laughs> That's amazing. was very cool yeah it was great um, and you know as a sustainable business and bringing in um, income and also you know I didn't need all the degrees I thought I was going to get <laughs> in order to do that um yeah that's uh, that's that's what happened I would love to you know theoretically in my dream state mind go back to school and go through the whole you know creative writing just just being in school and at a university and in that environment and then I think about it 
like on a practical level. And I'm like, that would be so not fun. <laughs> like, I'm, already, <laughs> I'm already doing what I love. I don't need to. I think I think that's it because there's always there's always an element of I guess you never feel like there's always a part of you or me particularly that always feels like I've never quite done enough to deserve the things I'm currently doing or there's always going to be something that potentially I've missed out on that I could go back and do and um again I think as as we're talking we've actually got quite a lot of um parallels at one point I was looking into a creative writing master's um back at the university where I got my undergraduate and weighing that up and going okay i'm already writing fiction i'm already kind of existing in that world what benefit is that really going to give me um when you're already kind of doing the thing that you love and like is it a step backwards is it like an ego thing it's it's quite difficult to balance what it is you want out of that right right and um i think you know in that time between uh college and then um deciding that i wanted fiction writing fiction to be my career and what I do you know all day every day um for an income which is great (laughs) I I had a lot of the same kind of difficulty there in like trying to quantify the value of doing something that I loved so much that I was (laughs) as good as I've been told I am at doing (laughs) um (laughs) And, and that was a struggle for me. It really was because, you know, it is very, very rare for any author to start out their career and immediately make lots of money off of it. <laughs> As I hope most people know. Um, <laughs> and, and that was in a way um, part of the motivation for me opening my editing business because I could still work with other authors um, and help them improve their manuscripts and improve their craft and hopefully learn more than they knew before they started working with me. Um, And, you know, that was a service that I was providing and um, I could still work within the literary world and bring in an income. And, you know, it was just my husband and I at the time, uh, but then later, you know, once our daughter was born, and I always, I, I I found myself pushing off the writing to the, the back burner and um, because it wasn't bringing in any money, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. one of those, yeah, valuing, valuing a passion based on monetary value. Um, I mean, there's a realism, isn't there? You have to pay the yeah, bills. So right. trying to find the balance of passion versus necessity is is a difficult fight to face. Definitely. And I know, I mean, uh, I'm sure that the majority of authors and writers and, um, you know, especially self-published authors uh, have, you know, a regular nine to five day job or whatever they call their day job, whether, you know, they're working a graveyard shift overnight or whatever. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and I did for a long time, too. And it is you know, that struggle is real there, trying to find the balance and, you know, trying to figure out how you're going to allocate time and energy to doing what you really want to do versus, you know, putting those resources into what you have to do to stay alive. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I think that, uh, I really do think that if more people knew, like really knew and believed how easy it was to combine the world of a creative passion and of a business 
um, and bringing in the income and making money, more people would do it. <laughs> they knew how easy it was. Absolutely. And I, I, I definitely, that definitely resonated with me what you said about, um, about uh, sometimes feeling like you don't deserve whatever success that you've been able to, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. achieve. Um, I definitely have felt that a lot um, because you know, sometimes just so, so many things just feel so easy. It's kind of like, well, I didn't have to do anything. So like, is it <laughs> real? Is it like, I'm sorry and, and, that I didn't And struggle. most of what you're working on, most of what you're working on is digital as well. So it's not like you've got a lot of the time real people there that you can bounce off of. I think particularly, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to sort of speak on your behalf or put words in your mouth, but I, I can imagine that obviously this year, sci-fi finalist in the 2019 International Book Awards yeah. It's obviously like a fantastic thing. And then the next day you could be walking to the post office or just to the shops. And it's like no one outside of your bubble cares. And you suddenly right. have to emerge yourself back into a world where you're just a person. <laughs> yeah. So balancing that sort of, um, I guess it's kind of just playing off the ego and trying to like v- remember the things that you've done that you value versus the fact that there there's a massive sort of quantity of people that realistically don't actually care about that side of things. And it's sort of living in that in that in between. Particularly, I know that I find quite uh, difficult, particularly in the minute. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's actually really interesting because I, I, uh, I have not yet found myself thinking that, um, you know, walk, walking around and I, I work. I've I've planted it in your head now. I've ruined it for you. (laughs) Yeah. What? No. Yeah. Now I'm going to be, thanks a lot. (laughs) Now I'm going to be so upset that no one knows who I am. Misery left company. (laughs) Oh, well, that's why you got me here, Dan. Okay. (laughs) um no but I I was thinking when you said that I was thinking about uh when I I go to the post office and I said you know because I have readers um buying paperback copies of my books directly from me and you know I'll send out gifts and stuff too and and I am at the post office a lot (laughs) with uh you know sending media mail and my books in the mail um and that thought never crossed my mind about oh my gosh (laughs) nobody knows what I'm doing. Like, I'm sure, you know, one of the women who works at the post office knows me now by my face. And I come in and she's like, oh, media mail again. And she just rings me up and then, you know, that's it. But I, I actually think I've had maybe the opposite reaction in that, you know, I, I see, oh my gosh, the size of my um, newsletter subscriber list has grown so much. It's pretty much like 400% bigger right now than it was in February, which is really wow. cool. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah, this year has been an explosion for me. Um, and stuff, you know, like like having large numbers of sales, large relative for myself and not in any means actually large. <laughs> but, you know, seeing all the numbers and they, they look huge. And the reaction that I have is like, oh man, I'm going to run out of, people like (laughs) (laughs) just hilarious because there's so many people in the world (laughs) yes so maybe i've learned from this interview to look more positively at certain things rather than drag other people into my (laughs) you are welcome for that lesson yeah let's start sun shining i love it um one thing i do want to quickly touch on because i've got quite every time you talk there's there's more questions coming to my mind um (laughs) we might definitely have to do a part two at some point because or just expand the format of the show to like several hours um (laughs) but one thing so i met up with uh, a friend yesterday um and i mean 
briefly touching on my own experience, I was a, a copy editor and a proofreader for nonfiction books um, for about a year and a half, two years, way back in 2013 until 2015. Um, so I was speaking to a friend yesterday who's looking into getting into editing as a sort of legitimate business idea. She's She's been working sort of in retail for a while, and now she's literally just gone, okay, I'm going to take the plunge. Now I'm going to jump in. I love editing. I've edited other people's work for sort of free or for sort of really discounted rates. What advice would you give to someone who potentially is in that situation and is looking at taking their first real step into getting clients and becoming an editor? Yes, that that is a really good question. Um, I would say that the most important thing for an editor specifically, because um, you know there are so many authors looking for editors and so many um authors who are wanting to find someone obviously who's good who can offer quality service and work on their manuscript at affordable prices or at you know um, what payment plans or, or whatever kind of you know to work with them in a way that benefits both people um, and and authors if, if they if they really want the help that an editor can provide they're going to trust that author um, who should know more about the editing process of the manuscript um, than the author, right? That's why it's their job <laughs> to be an editor. I would say the most important thing is to find another seasoned editor and talk to them a little bit and say, you know, ask them if they would go over some of um some of your own work as an editor that you know just like a little sample of editing mm-hmm. for either a friend or a client and taking it to a more senior editor someone who has been doing it for a long time who really knows what they're doing and ask around shop around just like everybody should um and say hey can you look this over for me are there things I'm missing are there things that I haven't seen um because I and this is <laughs> this is actually um a topic that I am really passionate about and is also uh, probably the fundamental reason behind why I started um, my own editing business is that there are unfortunately a lot of people out there who provide editing services and um, call themselves editors and charge authors for editing work who don't know what they're doing (laughs) and um, and I have had many many clients more than I can count um, come to me where you know they either found me through research or they were recommended by someone and say I have spent x amount of money on two or three different editors and there are still typos and there are still issues and there are still you know like this part is not fixed and I need someone who can help me with this um and that really that really gets me (laughs) absolutely Um, people preying on the on the vulnerable isn't it really yeah and it's you know I can't say with any amount of certainty whether or not um these editors who did not quite um deliver up to standards uh that they should have um you know whether or not they were preying on anyone or whether or not they just thought that they would make a good editor and Mm didn't have you know the background or the knowledge or experience or like I said a more seasoned editor to point out where their strengths and weaknesses are in editing a manuscript because it is very much in that way 
just like writing. It takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of um, knowledge and, you know, knowing whether or not you want to work in one genre specifically because that's your strength or whether or not you can work in all of them. And then you have to know the, uh, the tropes and, um, you know, elements to each genre in order to be able to see whether or not they're missing from a manuscript or whether or not they've been on point. You know, there's, it's the same, it's the same thing as improving your craft as a, as an author and as a writer, uh, just kind of in a mirrored image of it right on the, on the other side. Um, so there, you know, definitely needs to be taken as a, you know, Hey, I'm learning and I want to try this and not to ask authors for their opinions of your editing work, but to ask other editors of their opinions on your editing work. Um, yeah, that, there's my answer. <laughs> okay. And is that how you started? Did you have someone that sort of mentored you into it? I actually had a lot of um, feedback. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. When I was in um, in college, with our uh, creative writing classes, which is basically all I was doing, um, we would all edit each other's work. Uh, so it, w- it was like a critique group, basically our classes were like a, a writing group. Um, so, you know, we would have our assignment, write our short stories, turn them in, and then we would rotate on, you know, who had their manuscript critiqued. Um, and so we got to learn from each other. Um, about how to edit other people's work, how to edit our own work. And that was actually, uh, I'd say probably like 25 to 30% of um, the material. I can't really call it material because we were writing it. Um, (laughs) But you know, the the coursework, I suppose, that um, I did in college um, for a creative writing degree was hearing from my uh instructor who actually I think is a professor now at the school um who had uh, yeah like three books published um but he was going through all of that with us as well and teaching us about that as well and he was not himself um an editor but he had been teaching these things for a really 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 long time um and I I totally believe that you know teaching someone how to do something is one of the best ways to learn more about how to do it yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the same thing is true as, yeah, as being an editor, you know, where you are, you are teaching an author how to improve their work. And, and hopefully, you know, that, that is the goal. Hopefully with the next book that that author writes, they will have <laughs> incorporated those lessons and improved. Right. And uh, I can say, without a shadow of a doubt that being both an editor and an author at the same time has improved my work in both of those areas. Um, just a ridiculous amount. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. 
That's right. Uh, something that, again, sort of, I'm going to pull away from editing now because I'm just trying to like cover a few things that I picked out that I definitely want to hit. Um, you, you mentioned it a little bit ago, and I've seen sort of on your Instagram, Instagram feed and, and sort of your social medias. You've got you've got quite a knack to, I guess, coming up with quite inventive ways to promote your books and to arrange giveaways. I mean, you've got um, I saw that you had character cards for that you were doing giveaways for your Summoner Thief book, and you also gave away a Blue Fire Dragon tankard um, uh, for, for another one. So, what I wanted to ask was, where do these ideas come from, and what's the benefit of giving sort of seemingly obviously not random because they link in with the works you're doing but these sort of giveaways of different merchandise does that how, how does that work in with sort of your your marketing strategy for your books yes so um i am going to start this by saying that none of those things were my idea <laughs> <laughs> um and so um a few of those things were um you know i guess given up to me by some other authors that I know and who, you know, I've been um, working with in box sets and stuff. And and so I kind of take that and go, okay, all right. So I'll find, you know, cool, cool prizes and giveaways. And, and that's, you know, a lot of that is for actually, honestly, all of it, um, all of the, the giveaways and the promotions and marketing in those terms um, are for engagement purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, get you know getting people excited about your book or about what you're doing uh most importantly uh the the most effective thing that i have found um was the um the marketing that i did on my own for myself which was also not my idea but someone (laughs) uh told me to do this and i was basically a guinea pig for seeing how it was going to work um but the biggest thing is getting people excited about who you are as a person, right? Or getting people excited about the fact that someone they don't know is also super into the same things that they are, which is why that's what the internet is for, right? Mm-hmm. And that's basically why we connect with any other living human ever. <laughs> so, <coughs> um, so those, uh, those review giveaways that I was doing, I haven't picked them back up um, since the summer with uh, reviewing a new series because I just got swaths of work. <laughs> um, hopefully by, uh, hopefully after October, I will have much more time to uh, to be able to, you know, put in another hour and a half a day uh, to the videos because, you know, it's not just recording the video or going live and then you drop it and leave it you know there's all the back end stuff too but I, as you know with podcast um but that was really incredible these videos so I, st- I started them in February and the idea behind it is to uh, I was picking a series um written by someone else by another author I admire or who writes the same uh, in the same genre as I do, the same kind of stuff, you know, one of those, like, if you like so-and-so, you will love what I did. <laughs> um, and I started off uh, with Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Have you read these books, Dan? Yeah, so I, well, I'm, I've not finished them all. I've literally just finished Wolves of the Color, which is book five of oh. seven. So I, uh, I'm slowly working yeah. my way through them, but they're, they're fantastic. 
They are. I'm so glad that you have read that. I think you're actually the first person I've been uh, I've been on a show with who has read them. They seem to be uh, very really yeah. They're they're quite. Um, I know. I, I a lot of people that I know haven't read them either. There's sort of one or two people within my circles that that do, but particularly people that like Stephen King, it's a very different style. But they'll seem to read everything yeah. else, but then not commit to a yeah. bigger series from one of the world's arguably greatest writers. Right. And this is, I mean, it's huge. Stephen King has said it himself. This is his greatest mm-hmm. work, this series, these seven books. Um, and you have to, just just sure. going off on a minor tangent, because you're going to get the geek side of me out. Um, yes. The, yes. <laughs> particularly with things, like, particularly with Walls of the Color, there's, and the whole series in itself, I think you really have to have read Stephen King's other works to then appreciate what he's doing, because there's so many Easter eggs that I'm now picking yes. up on. Um, just because I've dipped in, in and out of so many of his books, but yeah, it's 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 quite incredible, really. It is it is extraordinarily incredible, and um, the fact oh, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> I I can't remember when he comes in, uh, when when he he brings his part in. If it's if it's uh, Wolves of the Collar or Songs of Susanna or Songs of Susanna, I can't remember, so I'm not going to say anything. But it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> I am currently. Still, because I read very slowly these days, uh, with all the time I don't have. <laughs> um, I'm reading The Wastelands right now for the tenth time. Wow! Um, that is how much I love that series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, good tangent. Keep reading. I would love to hear what you think about it when you finish the series. I'll, I'll make sure I let you know. <laughs> um, oh, good, good, good. Um, I can talk about that all day, and <laughs> I did in these videos, which is great. So I started um, these review giveaway videos with um yeah the dark tower series by Stephen king and it was one video a week ideally (laughs) um that's one of the one of the hard parts about working for myself is that uh i don't have anyone else to keep me on track so i sometimes get off of it but for the most part i did do one video a week and it was a review video right so i have obviously read the books and i spoke about them in this video, um, these multiple videos, and gave the books my reviews. I think I gave, you know, The Gunslinger, like, 15 out of 10 stars. It's something <laughs> ridiculous, because I'm in love with these. Um, and then, um, you know, at the beginning of the video, and at the very end of the video, I made sure that I told people, hey, I'm reviewing this book by this author. Um, next week, I'll be announcing a randomly selected winner from anyone who comments on this video wherever I have posted it um, and you will get this actual literal copy of this book in my hand that I'm reviewing today and this actual literal copy of this book that I wrote that I'm also holding in my hand and I will mail them to you for free and you get both of them Um, and when I was told by this person who gave me this advice as like kind of a test run to give away my books <laughs> to, a, to a stranger. I don't even give away books to people I know or really, really like. <laughs> so I was like, it, it killed a piece of my soul for a minute. And then, you know, I was like, okay, well, if, if this is, if this is going to do something for me, it is worth a piece of my soul, I think. And I can always buy more books. It's not like any of them are signed or whatever. <laughs> um, so I did that, and then I, I mean, just very, very small, um, very small budget of turning that video and I put up on Facebook into a Facebook ad, 
and running the ad and targeting it to fans of um, Stephen King's The Dark Tower series. And oh my goodness, the response, the response was absolutely huge because as I'm sure you know, I hope you know, but anyone who um, is into that series and has read it and loved it really, really, really is into it. Yeah. As much as I am, you know, and it's, it's, it's like a cult kind of thing, but in the best, most badass way. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, people are seeing this goofy chick <laughs> with a giant cheese ball smile talking a million miles a minute <laughs> um, with, you know, a Stephen King book in her hand and like going on about all the awesome things. And people really, really loved it. And I was so surprised. And I was, I was terrified of uh, putting my face anywhere that people could see me um I'm very much an introvert and I I work at home out of a home office and I rarely leave the house unless it's for you know important things like picking my kid up from school (laughs) (laughs) running errands that no one else the stuff you have to do (laughs) I know I still I get to do what I love for a living but I still have to do um but you know I was I was so terrified of anyone seeing me of people I don't know uh me just looking like an idiot or me looking like myself and maybe I was afraid of nobody caring and (laughs) I don't know I don't know what it was but um I did these every week and it was a really effective practice for me like I said before before I started recording the show Dan that I in the last eight months have gotten so much more comfortable with speaking and with being on camera and with being live and I could not have done any of these things um without having started this super amazing first time uh putting myself out there process and so to answer your question in the very long run that way um which I'm amazed that I remembered uh I have found that incredibly helpful in terms of you know giveaways and exposure and engaging with um readers and potential readers and even just people who like to geek out about the same things that I do because that that is really at least for me that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I write what I write is because I get insanely excited about it (laughs) so anyone else who gets insanely excited about the same things um has a special place in my heart you know (laughs) and um my my engagement just ballooned and skyrocketed and even months after I put out that first video for the Dark Tower series I was still getting people commenting on it (laughs) and um I would have to say well I I already gave this book away guys but I'm so glad you feel this way gathered something of a little group of other nerds like myself who are uh, super into you know dark fantasy and of course Stephen King and of course Dark Tower and just like a whole bunch of other really similar um, interests and actually most of them are just really also sarcastic people (laughs) (laughs) and there's a good fit there Um, and they are always around like they comment and engage with pretty much everything I put 
up on uh, my social media platforms and they're just like they're rooting for me about all the things they listen to all my interviews they read all the the stuff that I have written they like like diehard fans right and it's not because I mean yes you need good books <laughs> to get people interested in in uh more of your good books but it's not just about that and that's what was so exciting for me to discover is that it's about connecting with people on a real a real human basis you know level I think that's yeah it's and it's super important and it never occurred to me because you know I am such an introvert and I don't regularly seek other people (laughs) ever (laughs) um but it was huge. And I actually, this was very cool. I have um, uh, one guy who has read all of my books and, you know, he's always around on all the stuff I do on social media. And he, uh, he made me a dragon. He carved me a dragon out of wood wow. and sent it to me. I actually got a, a PO box at the post office. So I didn't, I wouldn't give him my my home address, but I, I got yeah, a, a PO box <laughs> so he could send me this present and he wouldn't tell me what it was. Um, it's on my bookshelf now and uh, it's so cool. So he, he made, made this. That's got to be humbling. Yeah. Yeah. So much. Um, and you know, he, he has told me many times, he's like, I can't believe that, you know, this is what you do and you're an author and you must be so busy and you still have the time to like sit and chat with me on Facebook and goof around and like be awesome. <laughs> like, well, it's very fun and you're hilarious. And also you made me a dragon. So like, <laughs> I feel obligated. It comes like the idea of, of tribes and, and just making sure that the people that you do have you're connecting with because i think there's often such an emphasis on reaching new readers that a mm. lot of people tend to forget about the ones that they do have that are the 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 people who form their reliable base and you can get that interaction with yeah and it 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 makes it makes the business part of it not so daunting and that much more satisfying and um the same guy actually told me that the only fiction he has ever read besides my work of Stephen King. Wow. <laughs> that was, that was awesome. Of course he read, he read King's books first and then he found mm. me via one of those review giveaway videos that I put up and either liked the goofiness of myself or got interested in the book or both something. And he, he has read all of my books and I'm the only other fiction author that he's read besides Stephen King. And that uh rivals the humility factor and him also sending me a wooden dragon <laughs> hmm. that's incredible it's very cool how, how did you how did you approach making those first videos like you say sort of eight months ago you were sort of very introverted very shy and then all of a sudden you're you're producing this content that's being seen by um and I actually looked at the numbers today that video is now on thirty-two thousand views which is absolutely incredible is it really um, <laughs> yes yeah. i haven't looked yeah. <laughs> wow that's thirty-two thousand awesome. views Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, congratulations on that. And uh, yeah, so how, how did you go from, yeah, that's not my my bag to, okay, I'm now in front of a camera. This is what I'm doing. What what sort of went through your, your head as that happened? Um, <laughs> I was completely terrified. <laughs> um, so, you know, this, uh, this person who had suggested that I do this and just see how it works um, has a sort of 
guess, coached other authors um, in, in various ways to do the same thing that I guess was successful for me is, you know, increase their engagement and kind of um, make a splash with who we are as people and connecting with, with people and what have you. So I valued his input and his suggestions, even though I was his guinea pig for it. Um, I was like, okay, the person with way more knowledge than I have told me to do this thing. I'm going to do it. And <laughs> that was the first step. <laughs> um, but gosh, I remember the day that I recorded and it wasn't even uh, uh, my first review, my first review giveaway video um, that I started with because I did want to make sure that I wasn't going to look like a terrified animal for the first, <laughs> the first video. Um, so I recorded this video about it was um international dalek day do you know what i'm talking about yep yeah okay yes another <laughs> one. we're on the same page dan so <laughs> it was international dalek day and i'm a huge doctor who fan and i was like okay so this will be my content for this video awesome and i <laughs> bought myself um a little dalek figurine that makes noises, which the video didn't pick up, but it made noises. Oh, um, that's such a shame. <laughs> I know, because it, it has some really great phrases. Um, <laughs> still on my desk right now, actually. But so, yeah, I, I bought that for myself just for International Dalek Day, and I made a video um, explaining <laughs> Dalek Day and just kind of being like, I am owning my Doctor Who nerdiness right now, everybody who may or may not be watching this come join me. What do you love? Um, and I recorded that video first. It was not live. So I recorded it on my computer. I think I started over probably six or seven times because I was so <laughs> nervous to record something for myself. I'm laughing because I know exactly what you, what yeah. you mean. <laughs> yeah. Just like so many clips of me like cussing myself out because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I just like froze up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me and then I finally got you know the full video that I wanted and I watched it and I was like oh man this is ridiculous and I, <laughs> I yeah I almost I probably almost puked I felt I like I was shaking and I was like so jittery and so like no one had seen it yet. <laughs> then I, I put it up on Facebook and, and sort of distributed it among my very small uh, reach at the time. And so, I how did you get to the point where you clicked the publish button? What was where that? What, I, like, what was that moment oh. like? Because obviously, you've you've recorded it. You've gone through all the the sort of different re-recordings. You're, you're cussing. You're sweating. You're, you're shaking. You're gonna puke, yeah. and then there's a moment. There's a, there's a moment where you you press that button. How how did you conquer that? Because I think that's probably the biggest hurdle for people is you, you get to that precipice. You've made the content, and then people just go, ah, but no one will like it, and they just they just back off. So what what tipped you over that edge? Yeah, good. Thank you for asking that because I did skip a major um, a major point in that whole process, was that I actually reached out to some of my other author friends um, on Facebook and just other other people who I know is probably my best friend. Uh, <laughs> can't, can't remember. It's all a blur. But I reached out to a few people and I, I said, hey, 
can you watch this thing that I did because I don't know whether or not I'm about to make an awful mistake. And so, <laughs> of course, it got their attention. And they watched it. And the response that I got from these uh, probably three or four people, um, all of whom live in different states and most of whom I have not met face-to-face -face personally, <laughs> so that made it a little easier maybe, um, they all said that it was incredible and they loved it and it was funny and they could tell I was a little nervous but I had really great energy and I was laughing and smiling and like you know they could tell that I was so excited about Dalek Day <laughs> um and and so the response from people who I knew would be honest and genuine with me and tell me if it sucked and if I should never try to do this ever again in my life um the fact that it was so positive from them I was like ah okay, you think, you think I should put this up? I'm trying to, trying to do this, you know, with my, my brand now as an author. And they're like, oh yeah, definitely. People are going to love it. Do it. <laughs> so that was how I conquered the, oh my God, is this a bad idea or what? Fear. Um, and having that, having that feedback and input and validation and reassurance and encouragement from other people, especially for someone who doesn't interact with people on a very regular basis. Um, that was super, super, super helpful. And um, it's good to have people, you know, uh, I think so many people and writers specifically um, think that writing has to be such an isolatory activity or pursuit or, you know, form of creation, but there's so much more to it than just being, you know, by yourself locked away in a dark room with smoke and you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, incredible incredible lighting as you're just pounding furiously away and downing drinks of and, course you know yeah the, the artist's struggle um it doesn't have to be that and um and I am just as happy and thrilled and excited to be able to tell another author hey what you just did with whatever it is super amazing good job keep going keep doing it um that makes me feel as good as it does when other people tell me that you know and that's just part of being a person too mm -hmm. <laughs> share the kindness help yeah. other people i think yeah i think there's just not enough of that yeah. and like you say if you can take that opportunity to help anyone why wouldn't you right it's i mean it will just it'll just turn things around and bring it all right back to you mm -hmm. anyway like in much bigger amounts I have found. <laughs> Same on my part. We are um we are coming yeah. up quite close to our time and I've got a few more uh, bits and pieces I want to get to, which uh, I might I might have to seriously consider making my uh, my format a bit longer. Um <laughs> but <Okay>. one, <laughs> one last question for myself before we jump into questions from patrons, um, which is the one I sort of always yeah. throw at people and, and one that I'm I'm very much uh, sort of interested in myself is why do you write? Why do you Catherine why has to do write? Yes. Uh, the the first answer to that is that um, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a compulsion and sometimes an obsession. And honestly, at this point, if I don't write, like one one day that I don't write, I get uh, irritated and itchy and like. <laughs> it's grounding for me it's it's part of who I am and what I do and I have to if I don't I become a horrible <laughs> person <laughs> and that's that is true that is my husband has told me 
he didn't write today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and he's right when that happens. Um, that That is my first answer. My second answer is specifically why I write what I write, which is you know, dark fantasy and grim dark and dystopian sci-fi. And that is um, for the purposes of, you know, illuminating hope and possibility and change and personal growth all via diving into the complete opposite of all those things. Um, and, you know, I, I have gone through some pretty seriously dark um, and disturbing and dangerous and life-threatening experiences um, in my life. And it's also what I did. You know, um, the content that I write is a reflection of, of my entire journey, dropping down in, into the dark pit and crawling my way back out again. Um, but it's, you know, that that contrast and juxtaposition of, of nothing is ever as amazing, fantastic or good um, as it can be unless we also have its complete opposite. And um I I also really like to to tear down the black and white walls um, that you know things are only good or only bad because <laughs> some people might say that some things I have done in my life are a hundred percent awful and I'm an irredeemable person but <laughs> I don't believe that of myself and so I, I write what I write to hopefully help other people come to the same understandings about themselves about other people about the future and possibilities and the fact that you know the mistakes that we make and the dark places that we end up finding ourselves in uh, don't define who we are or where we're going from there i think you might be my spirit animal Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm literally sitting here. Obviously, you can't see me because we haven't got video feed for this one, but I'm just sitting there just <laughs> silently nodding. Just, oh, just like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll jump now into the – that was beautiful, by the way. Uh, we'll, we'll jump into the patron section now. So um, we've got patrons over at www.patreon.com forward slash great writers share, and every week they can put forward their questions to our authors that are coming on the show. Um, I've got a couple of questions here, um, which I will – well, I've got quite a few, but I'll, I'll put the <laughs> – Healing back just obviously because of uh, time and whatnot. But the first one is from Harley Christensen, who says, what is your favorite place to write? Um, well, right now, the only place I write is in my office. <laughs> um, my, my favorite place to write is anywhere where I am completely and utterly alone, um, preferably with a lot of sunlight, which is currently also my office. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a lot of sunlight where you are then? Uh, no, I live in Vermont on the east coast of the United States, and there is only sunlight about four or five months out of the year. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get it through my window when I do have it. It's actually spilling <laughs> onto me right now. I make a lovely visage right now. <laughs> nice. Uh, Harley also asks, how do you reward yourself when you've completed a project? I take a day off. And <laughs> by day off, I mean I may write only 3,000 words instead of 10 to 14. Um, and I will stop early and I will 
go outside and spend more time playing with my kid. Uh, probably pour myself super high grab beer uh, <laughs> all the night. <laughs> that sounds good. There's a lot of people that don't quite know how to answer that question. I'm one, I'm one of them because I'm definitely a case of I finish a project, I go straight into the next one. Whereas to be fair, I accidentally did today um, what you've pretty much have spoken about where I've done half the words I normally do because I finished something yesterday. But right. yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people don't know how to reward themselves particularly when you're working for yourself and in in the business that we do Mm -hmm. there's no one there to sort of immediately celebrate around with you or potentially understands um things that you do so right yeah remembering that moment is is helpful yeah definitely it's all about you know reconnecting and doing what you need to do to get back in the zone later (laughs) yeah um and then the final uh part of this interview is our quick fire round which i have pre-warned you so i hope your adrenaline yeah. is running <laughs> um, ah, but, ah. Ah, but there's there's potentially one catchy question in here but i've got 10 questions i'm going to fire at you as quickly as possible um they've kind of got nothing to do with any of the rest of the interview they're literally just for fun so uh don't don't overthink them <laughs> cool and, uh, all right <laughs> are you ready to go i'm ready perfect what's your favorite mythical beast uh i'll go with dragon what's your guilty pleasure when it comes to food <laughs> chocolate or sushi what's your favorite way to de-stress um probably get a massage doesn't happen very much who's one person that you'd give your left pinky to meet <laughs> Stephen king of course <laughs> can yeah, you name I mean... all seven... <laughs> oh, go on. oh what oh never mind <laughs> can oh, you name <laughs> You know all seven dwarves in Disney Snow White. Uh sneezy, Doc, Happy, Dopey, uh, Grumpy, and two other guys. Nice, we'll take it. We'll go for that. All right. <laughs> um, what's your favorite seasonal holiday of the year? A seasonal holiday? Uh, none of them. Fair enough. What computer <laughs> do you use to write and edit? Um, the same one I have an HP uh, 360, uh, Spectre 360. That's my computer. Do you prefer roller coasters or hikes in the woods? Hikes in the woods. What's your preferred method of transport? Walking. And what was the last book you read? Uh, to completion. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> uh, um, um, uh book two in stephen king's dark power drawing with the three for the 10th nice. time nice yeah yeah i'm definitely looking forward to finishing that series oh yeah i yeah. oh i'm so excited for you <laughs> <laughs> i've uh i've heard um there's a, a kind of like a twist not a twist so much I've, I've basically been told a little bit about potentially what to expect from the ending and it's enough to kind of make me hungry without me actually knowing what the hell's going on so uh we'll yeah. see we'll see I'll yeah i mean once you read it, I am pretty sure that it will also make you hungry to reread the series. Just oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we sign off, where can people find out more about yourself and everything you're doing? First and foremost, um, my website. You can find me find that website at uh, katherinehudsonfiction.com. And I am on Facebook. My author page is Catherine Hudson Fiction. That's probably where I am the most active there. I also have a super groovy uh, goofball readers group. Um, that's called Exquisite What uh, with Catherine Hudson. So uh, that's where I, I am super 
crazy and weird and goofy. Um, and I can also be found at Catherine Hudson Fiction on Instagram and Exquisitely Dark on Twitter. And my all six of my books are available across the board wherever good books are sold. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I've I've actually loved this interview. This has been. I say that like I haven't enjoyed all the other ones, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you found yeah. your spirit animal, so I understand. I found my spirit animal. Really my special to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me on, Dan. It's been great. That's fantastic, and uh, thank you very much for listening, uh, everyone. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Great Writer Share podcast. Next week, we'll be joined by the international best-selling author, Michael Brent Collings, discussing his recent TED Talk, his creative writing empire, and how he successfully manages to genre hop. Don't forget you can get early access to every episode of the Great Writer Share podcast and the chance to ask upcoming guests any of your questions just by becoming a patron of the show. All you need to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritersshare and support the show for as little as $1 a month. One more time, that's www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritersshare. Until next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, y'all, this is Kenya, creative director and co-founder of Domino Sound. And this is Alexandra De Palma, executive producer and co-founder of Domino Sound. And we're a queer, disabled, Black woman-owned podcast production company and network creating authentic, inclusive, provocative content. We just launched Domino Presents, which is a new series of special audio projects. The premiere episode features the founders of Poppy Juice, the queer art collective throwing the hottest parties in New York City and around the world. We also recommend The Cheat Code, our hit 10-episode audio soap opera surrounding a love affair. Think Love and Hip Hop meets The Affair meets The Sopranos. Follow us on IG at DominoSoundCO to keep up. And listen to our shows on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Domino Sound. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.